close to 5,000 have been evacuated as the Philippines braces for the effects of Typhoon Betty. Meanwhile, Betty slightly decelerates as it moves northwestward over the waters east of Cagayan. The Philippine Coast Guard will conduct trilateral maritime exercises with the U.S. and Japan next month. And U.S. President Joe Biden urges lawmakers to pass the proposed legislation that will raise the U.S. debt ceiling. I'm Stanley Palisada. Dateline Philippines begins right now. For those of you watching us on YouTube and Facebook, glad you could join us. Our top story at this hour, Typhoon Betty, already making its presence felt in some parts of northern Luzon. Let's check on the latest situation in the province of Cagayan. Dennis Datu is in Santa Ana, Cagayan to give us the latest. He joins us live. Dennis, over to you. Yes, uh, Stanley, weather conditions here in the town of Santa Ana in Cagayan province continue to uh, worsen with the wind getting stronger and heavy rains occasionally pouring down. We saw earlier that the branches of the trees are being battered by strong winds. Because of this, disaster officials are actively patrolling the coastal areas to encourage residents to evacuate while there, uh, while there is still enough time. However, only two families have evacuated so far from Parangkay, Kasagan. Other families went to their relatives' big and sturdy houses to take temporary shelter while the typhoon is uh, raging. According to Mayor Nelson Lubinion, the town has not yet experienced the full impact of Typhoon Betty, but they are already prepared to respond if needed. Mayor Lubinion said that because their town is often hit by typhoons, they are already used to it and know what to do in case Typhoon Betty intensifies. The residents are hurrying to tie down the roofs of their houses so that they will not be blown away by the strong winds that continue to batter this town while fishing boats have been brought to safer places as the waves are getting stronger. In the town of Gonzaga, 104 families or almost 400 individuals have responded to the preemptive evacuation call from the barangays of Calowan, Cabirowan, Ipil, and Santa Clara. Authorities in Cagayan assure that there are enough food packs for affected families of Typhoon Betty. Rescue teams along with rescue equipment and road clearing teams are on standby in different towns in Cagayan. For now, all roads in the province are still passable and communications lines and electricity supply are still stable. Because the wind is getting stronger, the rescue teams are now on alert and continuously monitoring the situation, especially in the coastal barangays. Stanley. Yes, uh, Dennis, uh, just seven months ago when Typhoon uh, Nening hit, uh, Santa Ana Cagayan was one of the municipalities that was... Uh, Hard, hardest hit, uh, at least for the entire province. Uh, they're talking about damage to agriculture there as well, aside from, of course, damage to property. What are the preparations as far as agriculture is concerned? What are you seeing? Okay. Uh, Mayor Robinion said uh, when we interviewed him uh, earlier that uh, their uh, primary concern is the, the agriculture because uh, uh, most of the uh, uh, livelihood of uh, this town is uh, uh, based on uh, agriculture. Uh, the, uh, um, the mayor said uh, they have a standby fund uh, to help the uh, 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 farmers in case they will be uh, affected.
by uh, Typhoon uh, Betty Stanley. All right, thank you so much for the update. Dennis Datu from Santa Ana, Cagayan. Preemptive evacuations continue in several regions as well, seen to be affected by Typhoon Betty. The National Disaster Risk Reduction and Management Council says over 4,800 individuals have been evacuated from regions 3, 6, and Mimaropa. But that figure is expected to rise as data from Cagayan and Batanes come in. The agency also reminds those in the storm's path to remain cautious. Yung preemptive is a sort of uh, voluntary and uh, mm. uh, yung ano pa lang, depende pa lang sa local, uh, local government units, no? Based uh, sa forecast and then sa, sa risk uh, factor na exposure nila. So, yun nga. Uh, kasi ang nakikita kasi natin ngayon, medyo humina, yeah. uh, medyo pa umakyat, kaya medyo nag-aalanganin yung mga local leaders natin. Kaya Napaka-importante yung tamang information na makarating mm -hmm. sa kanila. Itong ating Eastern Seaboard po talaga ay very exposed sa entry ng mga bagyo. Hanggang Bicol po yan, in, in fact hanggang Samar. So itong mga communities dyan, although sinasabi nila palagi na sanay na kami, oh, at oh. Uh, ano, na, in, ano tayo, pag mainit, uh, mag-relax tayo kasi lalayo yan, tataas. But uh, you know, hindi natin alam ang behavior ngayon ng yes. uh, weather. No? So napaka-unpredictable po. The agency adds the Philippine government has prepared enough assistance for those who will be affected by the storm. The Philippine Social Welfare Department vows better disaster response. It says some 800,000 food packs have already been deployed across the country amid the threat posed by Typhoon Betty. A big chunk of relief assistance is allocated to northern Luzon. DSWD Chief Rex Gachalian says the agency aims to ensure the support of national government will always be ready for local government units. Multiple hubs and multiple spokes. I was saying we created two supply chain lines. Okay. This is the first supply chain line. It's government-driven. Uh, uh, warehouses of the national government and the local government put together in a series of networks for logistics management. The second line we are currently procuring, uh, that is going to be private sector driven, meaning we're going to tap into the existing framework of these big grocers because they already have infrastructure. Areas in northern Luzon bracing for the possible onslaught of Typhoon Betty. Cagayan Governor Manuel Camba says they are prepared for the worst. He says some residents in Santa Ana Town, the part of the province under signal number two, have already been evacuated. So far, so good. We pre are prepared for the wars. Uh, every now and then, we have these calamities. In the last six years, two super typhoons kami, but madaling mag-adjust ang tao eh. Pero we have to prepare better and better and better, learn from the mistakes. Over in Isabela, some evacuees have opted to return to their homes as the weather in the province remains generally fine. But Governor Rodito Albano III maintains the local government will not let its guard down, especially as the province remains under signal number one. Mm. Naka-prepare pa rin gabi at naghahalda para sa kung sakasakali mag, uh, may magyari lalawal din sa bagyong ito. Preparado lang kami dyan. Salay na salay lang kami sa disaster. At least... Yeah, yeah. 
And finally, in Batanes, some areas in the province are already experiencing winds brought by Betty. Work and classes are already suspended. In Uyugan town, evacuations are not yet mandatory. Nung Friday pa or nung Sabado, nagbandilyo na talian yung mga bubong at mga bahay ng ating mga constituents, yung mga bangka sa dagat, inahonan na po namin lahat. Typhoon Betty slightly decelerates as it moves over the waters east of Cagayan. Let's get more details from ABS-CBN's resident meteorologist, Ariel Rojas. Good afternoon, Ariel. Hi, good afternoon, Stanley. Typhoon Betty continues to gradually weaken as it continues to move closer to extreme northern Luzon. Betty was last located 475 kilometers east of Calayan, Cagayan, packing winds of 155 kilometers per hour and gusts up to 190 kilometers per hour. It is moving northwestward at a speed of 15 kilometers per hour. The extent of its strong winds reach as far as 770 kilometers from its center due to this and its approach to extreme northern Luzon, Pagasa has hoisted wind signal number two this morning over Batanes and northeastern Cagayan, including Babuyan Islands. The weather will start to deteriorate in these areas today due to the outer rain bands and strong winds from a typhoon. Wind signal number one, meanwhile, is in effect over the rest of Cagayan, Isabela, Apayao, Ilocos Norte, Abra, Kalinga, Mountain Province, Ibugao, Northern and Central Aurora, Quirino, Northeastern Nueva Vizcaya, Northern Catanduanes, Northeastern Camarines Sur, Polillo Island, Northern Camarines Norte and Northern and Central Ilocosur. Gusty conditions will be experienced in these areas, especially those in the eastern side of Luzon. Scattered rains from the typhoon and the enhanced southwest monsoon or Habagat will also be experienced over the rest of Ilocos region, Zambales, Bataan, Masbate, Occidental Mindoro, Palawan, Western and Eastern Visayas, Zamboanga Peninsula, and BARMM. Here in Metro Manila, the sun is still brightly shining. There will be some occasions of cloudiness. Uh, while there is low chance of rain until later this evening, habagat gusts will start to be felt today. All kinds of sea craft are not allowed to sail over the seaboards of areas under wind signals number one and two. Gale warning is also in effect over the other areas of the eastern seaboard of Luzon, northern and eastern Samar, Dinagat Islands, and Surigao del Norte due to the big waves generated by the typhoon and over the western and southern coastlines of Calabarzon, Mindoro, Marinduque, Romblon, Aklan, Capiz, and Antique due to Habagat. Betty will slow down as it begins to recurve tomorrow, Tuesday. It will be nearest Batanes on Wednesday, will begin to move away from the country on Thursday, and even as Betty continues to gradually weaken, it will remain a typhoon until before it exits the PAR on Friday and will head towards the Ryukyu Islands of southern Japan. The monsoon rains from the enhanced Habagat will bring heavier rains over Ilocos region, western Cordillera, Mimaropa, and western Visayas starting tomorrow until Thursday, and the western sections of central Luzon and Calabarzon, Mimaropa, and Western Visayas will continue to experience monsoon rains until the weekend. Metro Manila will start experiencing monsoon rains and gustier winds tomorrow afternoon and may persist until the weekend. Flooding and landslides are likely, so please take care and be ready, Kamamilia. That's the latest on the weather. Back to you, Stanley. Okay, I just would like to go back to uh, the earlier part of that report. Ariel, you were saying uh, the typhoon is uh, decelerating and uh, does that imply just weakness? I mean, the, the decrease in strength. What about uh, speed? You said it is also slowing down. What are the chances that it will linger actually in that area yes. for quite some time? Yes, this is deterioration or slowing down is brought about by its impending recurvature. 
just like when you're driving, um, you tend to slow down when you're hitting curves. Okay. So this is what's going to happen with Betty in the coming days, especially uh, it's already started. So mm -hmm. this means that uh, for the days of Tuesday and Wednesday, most of extreme weather Luzon will be exposed and drenched to the heavy rains from the rain bands of the typhoon. This also means that the enhanced monsoon rains will also be continuously uh, drenching the western sections of northern Luzon and uh, southern Luzon and Visayas. All right. On that note, we thank you so much, Ariel Rojas, for the weather update. Over 400 families have been evacuated from the municipality of Tudela in Cebu due to possible flooding and landslides. Annie Perez joins us with that story. Hi, Annie. Over to you. Yes, Annie. The municipality of Tudela in Camotes Island, Cebu, evacuated hundreds of families over the weekend in anticipation of the effects of the southwest monsoon. Mayor German Solante announced that over 400 families evacuated from Barangays MacArthur, South Poblacion, and Barangay General since last Friday as prevention to possible flooding and landslides. Most of the families already returned home. However, the latest data released is that there are still 24 families inside the Tudela Civic Center and four families at the Tudela Central School. Mayor said that they just want to be prepared even if there are no reports of flooding and or landslides, although the town felt strong winds and witnessed big waves over the weekend. The weather in Cebu is expected to be fair today, and some of the evacuees will be sent home as we speak. However, Mayor Solante said that they will continue to monitor the development of the moon soon. State Weather Bureau in its Maktang station here in Cebu said that there will be scattered rain showers today as an effect to thunderstorms. So far, there are no more cancellation of trips, unlike what happened over the weekend, where some fast crafts were not allowed to sail due to rough sea conditions. Yet, most of the LGUs here in Cebu and even in Central Visayas are still on blue alert or on a state of preparedness until Typhoon Betty leaves the Philippine area of responsibility. And that's the latest here from Cebu, Annie Perez, ABS-CBN News. Yes, uh, Annie, what's your advice to residents in terms of evacuation? Because our weather report... Uh, a while ago was saying we're not to feel the effects of Typhoon Betty until late tomorrow. So you were saying uh, some of the residents have already been sent home. Are they uh, on alert to go back to the evacuation centers as soon as weather conditions change? Yes, Stanley. According to the local government unit of Sudela and some areas, they will, still be con they will still continue to monitor the development. And if they notice that there are um, sudden strong winds or big waves, and they will immediately go back to the evacuation center. Because as of um, now, at this time, noon time, uh, the sun is already out here in Cebu, so they're still trying to see um, which would be the best time to preemptively evacuate the residents once again if the effects will be felt here in central Visayas. And we were told by Pagasa Maktan that the effects would not be so um, from Typhoon Betty, but because of the southwest monsoon, that would be what would be told by the typhoon, which will bring about strong winds and rains here in the central Visayas region. Annie? All right. Thank you so much for the update. Annie Perez, stay safe. Despite the threat of bad weather, bus trips going to northern Luzon continue. More from Nico Bagsik. Bus trips here in Cubao, Quezon City, as well as in Manila at the Paranaque Integrated Terminal Exchange, bound to north of Luzon, continues amid the threat of Typhoon Moar in the northeastern Philippines. But the management of Victory Liner, this bus terminal where I am right now, admits that there are fewer passengers than normal due to the typhoon. They also added 
that they have been in touch and continues to coordinate with government agencies for safety trips of their buses. Their protocols are also in place whenever and wherever the bus trips are affected by strong rains and winds brought by the typhoon. Passengers can also refund their tickets if they have decided to cancel their trips and they can also rebook without extra cost. Actually po, uh, sa ngayon po wala pa kaming cancel trips. Pero po, pagka naman po at nagkaroon ng, ng uh, nandiyan na yung bagyo, eh, mayroon po kami protocol. One week pa lang, eh, nagkaroon na po kami ng paghahanda. Lahat ng pong mga provincial terminals namin, hanggang dito sa Metro Manila, ay eh, may paghahanda na po kami sa parating na bagyong Beatty. Kapag ka po naabutan yung bus doon sa lugar na malapit na, malapit na siya doon sa lugar, ay eh, hinto muna siya sa mga bus stops namin. Kunyari, pagdating po doon sa CCQ, andun na yung bagyo sa parting Santiago, hinto muna po doon, magpatila muna po ng bagyo at uh, makipag-ordinate sa mga government officials, sa mga LGU, na kung pwede nang dumaan. Didiritso na po kami. Saan kami banda na pwede kaming mag... Sumilong po. Sumilong po. Kung saan kami mag... Kung mayroon man doon na pwedeng mapagsilungan, doon na lang po kami. Para kung sakaling maano na, tuloy-tuloy na lang kami. Meanwhile, Ninoy Aquino International Airport and Cebu Pacific have also cancelled their flights to Surigao, Lawag, Tugagaraw, Hawaiian and Masbate. Some shipping vessels bound to Visayas Pico region and Mimaropa have also cancelled their trips as well to prevent sea mishaps. Some passengers awaiting their trips at the Manila North Harbor port were forced to spend the night there as they await word on whether the ships will be allowed to set sail. Karen de Guzman filed this report. Many passengers are seen waiting at the Manila North Harbor port today after their trips were delayed because of the typhoon Betty. Some of them who came from far provinces opted to stay overnight at the port, complaining that they weren't able to receive the notice ahead of time. According to Manila Port Passenger Terminal Officer, there were some technical problems in the ship, causing a three-hour delay of the trips bound to Cebu and Butuan City today. The operations will start at 9 in the evening and will depart at 4 in the morning tomorrow. Meanwhile, they will also release an updated schedule of trips in the afternoon to accommodate passengers going to Palawan, Bacolod, and Iloilo. Philippine Ports Authority advised all affected passengers to coordinate with the concerned shipping lines for more details. Metro Manila also ready for the possible effects of Typhoon Betty and the southwest monsoon. Metro Manila Council President and San Juan Mayor Francis Zamora said, Local government units have prepared equipment to be used in flood-prone areas, as well as aid for families who will be affected by the storm. Zamora adds local officials also need to draw up an action plan to mitigate the effects of climate change. The climate change issue is real, and this is something that, yes, you're correct, uh, must be addressed. And uh, we really have to look at the future and not just now. So, again, uh, this is something that the Metro Manila Council can further study so mm -hmm. we can see how we can mitigate the effects of climate change in the coming years. Up next, the Philippine Senate considering extending its discussions on the controversial Maharlika Investment Fund bill. That story and more when Dateline Philippines returns. Back with more news, the prosecution in the graft cases of Senator Jingoy Estrada in relation with the pork barrel scam has wrapped up its presentation of witnesses. Adrian Aline joins us with details on this story. Hi, Adrian. Over to you. 
Yes, Stanley, the prosecution presented former anti-money laundering council bank officer attorney Orlando Negradas as its last witness in the 11 graft cases of Senator Jingoy Estrada in connection with the Priority Development Assistance Fund scam before the Santigan Bayan 5th Division. Negradas, who is now a deputy director at the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, repeated his testimony in 2015 during the bail hearings of the court. Negradas had testified on the supposed transfer of 146 million PDAF to the bank accounts of the non-government organizations of former businesswoman and alleged pork barrel scam mastermind Janet Lim Napoles. The camp of Napoles had argued that the PDAF scam whistleblowers were actually the ones who were in control of the NGOs. Now, after the testimony of Negradas as the last witness, the prosecution was given by the court 30 days to present its formal offer of evidence. The defense lawyers were likewise given 30 days to file their comment or opposition, after which they will be given the chance to present their own witnesses. According to the camp of Estrada, they might adopt the witnesses presented during the plunder hearings, which concluded last year. Back to you, Stanley. All right. Thank you so much for the update, Adrian Ayalin. Moving on, the Philippine Coast Guard set to hold its first trilateral maritime exercises with the U.S. and Japan. Now, the three-way drill, which will take place in waters of Mariveles, Bataan, will be conducted in the first week of June. The PCG says the exercises aim at strengthening inoperability or interoperability through communication exercises, maneuvering drills, maritime law enforcement training, among others. The PCG also notes the maritime drills would boost maritime cooperation and understanding. There have been proposals for the Philippines to conduct more maritime drills with its allies in the West Philippine Sea amid China's continued aggression in Philippine waters. The Philippine government's budget surplus soars in April as revenue growth outpaced that of spending. It hit 66.8 billion pesos, far higher than the previous year's surplus of 4.9 billion pesos. This led to a 34.6% decline in deficit from January to April to 204.1 billion pesos. Now, government revenue collections in April improved to 440.7 billion pesos. That's higher by 26.7% year-on-year. The Finance Department reminds government agencies not to underspend. Finance Chief Amena Pangandaman says a faster disbursement of funds also means faster procurement and implementation of government projects. The DOF has said utilization rate of government agencies for the first four months of the year is at 90%. President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. signs an executive order creating an interagency committee to address inflation and boost the Philippine economy. The body is tasked to monitor the main drivers of inflation and provide recommendations to curb price spikes and promote food security. The Interagency Committee on Inflation and Market Outlook will be headed by the National Economic and Development Authority's Secretary. Other government agencies, including the Finance and Budget Departments, are also part of the committee. The Senate Blue Ribbon Committee will review the claims of Executive Secretary Lucas Bersamin regarding sugar importation. Bersamin told senators in a probe, a sugar order is not needed prior to importation. The Senate panel is investigating the legality of sugar order number six, which authorized the importation of over 400,000 metric tons of sugar. 
It became controversial following the entry of sugar imports in Philippine ports despite the lack of an order. Pinag-aaralan pa po natin, lalong-lalo na yung mga statements ni uh, Executive Secretary Bersamin uh, bilang dating Chief Justice ng Pilipinas kung meron talagang basihan uh, yung kanyang sinabi. So hindi ko pa ma masagot lahat yan at uh, amin pong kinukumpile pa lahat yung testimonies at maging yung documentary evidence. Fuel companies will implement mixed price movements this week. Gasoline prices will go up by 1 peso and 10 centavos per liter. This will be the third straight week of increases in gasoline prices after its latest increase of 80 centavos per liter. Meanwhile, diesel prices will stay unchanged. Kerosene prices will see a drop of 35 centavos per liter. The price adjustments come as the market starts feeling the pinch of oil production cuts by OPEC countries. The Philippine Senate considering extending the discussions on the Maharlika Investment Fund bill until Thursday. That's according to Senate Majority Leader Joel Villanueva. He says the move aims to give way to debates on possible amendments to the measure. But the Senate still hopes to approve the bill this week. We see the uh, relevance and the uh, noble intention of the administration in pushing for this particular measure. But we have to do our part no, to scrutinize and do everything we can to ensure na, for example, yung mga pension funds hindi masayang, yung mga safeguards dapat nandiyan, tatlong buwan ng pinag-uusapan yan. If we pass it on second reading this week, we'll be able to go to third reading and pass it. Uh, on third and final reading. And I heard that the House will uh, adopt our, uh, our uh, version. Senate Minority Leader Aquilino Pimentel III, meanwhile, reminds his fellow senators not to rush the passage of the bill. He also urges them to take a second look at the bill's provisions. The Philippine Migrant Workers Department respects Kuwait's decision banning the entry of new Filipino workers. Kuwait's Ministry of Interior has remained firm on its move despite a recent dialogue with Philippine officials. Migrant Workers Secretary Susan Ople also backs the statement of President Marcos rejecting a proposed OFW deployment ban to Kuwait as a form of retaliation. Tingin ko, respetuhin natin yung decision nila yun eh. Siyempre, isa sila nag-i-issue. So, respetuhin natin. Kumbaga, hintayin din natin na para sa kanila may takdang oras para mag-usap. Tama yung sinabi ni Pangulong Marcos. Let's not burn bridges. Kunyari, isang barkada, merong isa na may tampo. Hayaan muna natin maibsan yung tampo okay. niya, pero wag naman natin itulak palayo. The Philippine Social Welfare Department defends its decision to shut down a facility of Gentle Hands Orphanage in Quezon City. DSWD Secretary Rex Gachalian asserts the closure was not abrupt. He says as early as August of last year, DSWD officials have been reminding the orphanage to make improvements in the facility. Gachalian also called the living situation of the orphanage terrible, citing lack of social workers, as well as fire safety and sanitation measures.
if there were other ways to do it. Number yes. one, we kept on warning them. Number two, Karen, when I went there, the imminent danger was there. Aantayin ko pa ba na may mangyari bago ako kumilos? Our social workers understand this, understands that uprooting a child from one place to another can be quite distressing. But again, Karen, our social workers are experts in this field. And I went with social workers and they told me, Sir, clearly you see it yourself. I know shutting down a orphanage is a big decision. That's why I just did not rely on third-party accounts. Secretary Gachalian Azra also complains on how the orphanage is being managed. A parent complaining that her child was parang ano na dinitin yung bata. She gave the child because uh, because she was going to give birth and she didn't have enough family support at that time. So when she wanted to take back the child four months later. The executive director refused. Social Welfare Office of the local government also issued what they call a PICAR. It's a document that says you're capable, you are more than capable to take care of your child. You do not separate a mother from a child. Yeah. That is a cardinal sin in my book, especially when social workers are already saying, hey, the mother is capable, please return the child. And we yeah. have two more similar cases like that. Still ahead, Russia unleashes its largest drone attack on Ukraine. More on that when we come back. You're watching Dateline Philippines here on ANC. And we're back. The House Ethics Committee is set to tackle the continued absence of embattled Congressman Arnolfo Tevez Jr. But before that, the man tagged as the mastermind in the murder of Negros Oriental Governor Roel de Gamo held a virtual press conference this morning. R.G. Cruz now joins us with details on that conference. RG, go ahead. Hi, Sandy. Good afternoon. We're still monitoring developments here at the House of Representatives for the House Ethics Committee. Our House Committee on Ethics and Privileges has been uh, beyond or behind closed doors to tackle the multi-proper investigation on the case of Negros Oriental 36 Representative Arnold Tevez Jr. But before um, the committee uh, called uh, convened this morning, Tevez Jr., um, called a virtual press conference with uh, reporters from the House of Representatives where he insisted on his right to be heard and his right to be uh, or to be allowed to join the proceedings of the Ethics Committee um, by uh, virtual means, um, even as he insisted that there is a security threat to his life that is preventing him from physically um, coming to the uh, proceedings uh, here at the House of Representatives, which is what uh, the Committee on Ethics and Privileges um, and uh, in its uh, own communication to him with regards to uh, today's um, hearing. Um, lawyer Ferdinand Topasho, who is the legal counsel of Congressman Tavis Jr., um, showed up here and uh, he was allowed inside, but only to be told by the committee that uh, legal counsel is not allowed uh, to participate in the proceedings. So um, that's the latest here. Uh, Sam, back to you. All right. Thank you so much for the update. R.G. Cruz. We're still following developments on the country's preparations for Typhoon Betty. Let's check on the latest situation up north in Ilocos Norte with our correspondent, Rafael Bosano. Rafael, go ahead. Hi, Stanley. We're currently experiencing erratic weather here in Ilocos Norte. One minute, it's bright and sunny. Then all of a sudden, it's raining hard. But it's still business as usual in the province. However, because signal number one is hoisted in the province, those most affected so far are the fishermen who haven't been allowed to sail. 
This is why some of them have opted to use this time to repair their boats or turn to alternative ways of earning by repairing fishing spears. The Provincial Disaster Risk Reduction and Management Office reiterates the importance of heeding their advice as it means not only the safety of fishermen but as well as rescue teams. They also said that to avoid the isolation of any area that may be caused by landslides, heavy equipment have, have been prepositioned in different areas to clear any debris. The PNP and military are also on standby to assist. Right now, we're in the town of Bangui, where 12 families have been preemptively evacuated because they live next to a river. Different municipalities have also prepositioned relief goods for those who may need it. The provincial government also said that it has over 2,000 packs ready and distributed to different sites. Each municipality here in the province has its designated evacuation center for families, and they also have evacu evacuation shelters for livestock to ensure that they will also be safe from heavy rain and possible flooding. Stanley? Yes, uh, Rafael, uh, how's mobility within the province? Are, are people still free to go around, go from one town yes, to uh, another within the province? That's right, Stanley. We've been um, traveling from different municipalities and there seems to be no problem with mobility. Public transportation is still working. Um, there's uh, tricycles and uh, other um, motor vehicles that are flying the different uh, roads. And uh, so far, it's business as usual. But uh, again, the PDRMO has reiterated uh, for the public to heed their advice to continue to monitor social media and different platforms so that they may be able to get the latest um, information on uh, the whereabouts of Betty and how it will affect uh, the province of Ilocos Norte. So far, what we're seeing is that uh, the rain will probably fall hard beginning tonight until mm -hmm. tomorrow uh, and uh, possibly until Wednesday. Uh, this is based from Pagasa forecast, Stanley. All right, thank you so much for the update, Rafael Bosano. World News Now, a bipartisan deal to raise the U.S. debt ceiling now ready for a congressional vote. That's according to U.S. President Joe Biden, who now urges lawmakers to pass the legislation. Under that deal, the debt limit is suspended to January 1st, 2025, while spending will be capped in the 2024 and 2025 budgets. It would also claw back unused COVID funds and speed up the permitting process for some energy projects. The agreement also represents a compromise, which means no one got everything they want. But that's the responsibility of governing. And the, this is a deal is good news, for, I believe, you'll see, for the American people. The agreement prevents the worst possible crisis, a default for the first time in our nation's history. An economic recession, retirement accounts devastated, millions of jobs lost. It also protects key priorities and accomplishments and values that congressional Democrats and I have fought long for. This development came after weeks of heated negotiations between Democrats and Republicans, which had everyone fearing for an economic catastrophe. But the U.S. is not out of the woods yet. This, as reports say, hardline Republicans are already threatening to sink the bill. A failure by Congress to deal with its self-imposed debt ceiling before June 5 could trigger a default, which may push the U.S. into a deep recession and send financial shockwaves far beyond America. Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan calls for unity and solidarity after narrowly winning a historic election that extends his two-decade rule until 2028. Erdogan's call comes from after a divisive election 
that saw him beat opposition leader Kemal Kelich Derogu by four percentage points. Now, that's in Turkey's first presidential runoff. The election had been seen as one of the most consequential yet for Turkey, with the opposition believing it had a strong chance of unseating Erdogan, who suffered a popularity hit. Kelic Derogo has conceded, but calls the election the most unfair in years. Russia's ambassador to the UK says it is an idealistic mistake to think Ukraine could beat Russia in their ongoing war. In an interview with the BBC, Andrei Kelin said his country is 16 times the size of Ukraine, has enormous resources and has yet to act very seriously. Kelin also warned that Western supplies of weapons to Ukraine only risk escalating the conflict. The, we are just defending now the uh, lands which are under control and we are assisting uh, Russian people over there. We are rebuilding uh, Donbass. Sooner or later, of course, this escalation may uh, got a, a new dimension, which we do not need and we do not want. Weapons. We can make peace tomorrow if uh, Ukrainian side will be prepared to negotiate. But for the moment, there is no preconditions for that, I'm afraid. Russia unleashed its largest drone attack on Kiev overnight, leaving at least one person dead and several others injured. The attack comes as the Ukrainian capital prepared to celebrate the anniversary of its founding on Sunday. With a looming Ukrainian counteroffensive, Moscow has intensified airstrikes after a lull of nearly two months, targeting chiefly military sites and supplies. Japan preparing to destroy any North Korean missile that threatens its territory. Tokyo said Pyongyang was planning to launch a ballistic missile the reclusive nation claimed was a satellite. Tokyo added, this is a serious provocation to the country's security. Its chief cabinet secretary said the defense ministry has issued orders to prepare to destroy North Korean missiles. Missile units are also being deployed to Okinawa. In recent months, the North has launched missiles that triggered emergency warnings in Japan. In sports, it's win or go home time for the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat. The two teams will face off tomorrow in a deciding Game 7 of their NBA Eastern Conference Finals series. The Heat won the first three games, but the Celtics came roaring back and clawing back, winning the next three, including the buzzer-beating victory in Game 6, courtesy of guard Derek White. Boston will look to become the first team in NBA history to come back from an 0-3 series deficit. Miami, though, hasn't proven, or has proven, that it can overcome their opponent's home court edge this postseason, having beaten the Celtics in Boston in the first two games of their series. Switching gears now, Haley Steinfeld is back as Spider-Gwen in the much-anticipated animated film Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. The actress-singer talked to our Hollywood correspondent, Young Chavez, about the iconic character that has resonated with her. Want to get out of here? Haley Steinfeld returns as Spider-Woman Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. The first Spider-Verse movie won an Oscar for Best Animated Film in 2019 and was a global hit, earning $384 million worldwide.
One of the things that really shines through in the film is this idea that you can write your own story despite the past that what others uh, predetermined for you. Feeling empowered to write your own story and to take ownership of who you are as a person and to live in your purpose unapologetically, I feel is something I've always needed in my life and will always need in my life. And this is a film that it's one of those where I sort of wish, I mean, I'm so grateful to be a part of it and to have this in my life right now. But had this been in my life a few years ago, even, um, or when I was, you know, a lot younger, it would have it would have been so, I mean, as impactful as, as it is for me now. And I think I'm, I'm so excited to see how this resonates with people of all ages, because I feel like it absolutely will for that reason. That messaging is so, so important. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse features thrilling visual effects and animation style and an inspiring message, too. They embody this character so well. To you, what made uh, Spider-Gwen different from other characters you've played? Ooh. I think while I've played characters that have very similar qualities. Uh, they are all very different, and this process alone is different in and of itself, it being animation. Um, but Gwen Stacy is uh, a character that I've absolutely loved playing with, and more importantly, growing with. She's very independent. She's at a point in her life right now where she is understanding what it means to take on major life responsibilities. Uh, and I feel like I'm, I will forever be in that, in that phase of life. Uh, so I really resonated with her on this, on this second film and had a great time with it. Shamik Moore plays the half-black, half-Puerto Rican student turned Spider-Man Miles Morales, a fan favorite. The first movie that introduced a multicultural version of a classic Marvel superhero, and with both of you in it, uh, you know, actors from multicultural background, it really brings home how organically inclusive uh, it is. I think art should imitate life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that this movie reflects the world that we live in. Representation is very important. And I mean, look how far we've come, you know? I'm, I'm really just excited to be a part of a groundbreaking film uh, that opens up doors for other films to start experimenting. And I'm excited to continue to break these barriers and, and just be a part of it. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse introduces several new cast members, including Issa Rae and Daniel Kaluuya. Young Chavez, ABS-CBN News, here in Hollywood. And that'll do it for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Stanley Palisada. If you want to revisit today's episode, you can play back this newscast on the YouTube channel of ABS-CBN News and on ANC 24-7 on Facebook. Keep safe, everyone, as you keep it here on the news channel.